There's so many of you. Um, my name is Severin. He gave me a few more directorships than I deserve, but we'll let the ship sail for now. Um, push. I'm Severin. I'm coming to you from northern New York in the Adirondacks on Lake Champlain. That's my land um, that I love, and I think in this room are some people who love land. So this is a land. This is a land love story. This is a story about land access, land transition, land reclamation, land reform, and. Um, I think you're going to like the team we've brought uh, to the table, the people who are in our young agrarian movement, not only loving the land, um, but sticking their fingers in it every day. Um, so this is a landscape. Uh, this is a landscape in Iowa. This is a landscape um, with a barn, with a fence row, with a hedgerow, with trees and habitat and streams with the infrastructure for diversified agriculture that can put carbon back in the soil, that can create a rural prosperity. This is a landscape that is being destroyed by commodity farming. In Iowa right now, 60% of the farmland is owned or co-owned by women. Um, many of those women were widowed by chemical agriculture, and they know it. So many of them have great despair when they watch their nephew or their neighbor's nephew continue to spray, continue to remove the ecosystem from that land. I had a conversation with a wonderful woman, Lee Adcock. She runs uh, Women, Food, and Ag. She said, hurry up and get your kids out here. You got six years, and then this land will never be loved again. This will be commodity forever. Um, so that's kind of the stakes of this, and, and I think we can acknowledge here that we, are, we all have that at stake. This is all of our land. You know, we like the animals in the mountains, and we like the fish in the streams, and we like the clouds and the atmosphere all around us, um, but that land is a, is a fabric, it's an ecosystem. Um, Sweet are the uses of adversity, which, like the toad, ugly and venomous, wears yet a precious jewel in his head. So there's our, that's a, that's a retort. <laughs> um, I'm, I'm here to tell you about the, the jewel in the head of the toad. Um, the scale of what's about to happen in America is not discussed enough. So I'm here to explain to you with some visual imagery um, a little bit of a briefing on the state of the land transfer situation in America to help you galvanize you to join us in reclaiming this land for regional food economies. This is the base layer of the new economy. We need to reclaim it, and there's a heck of a lot of it. Um, so this is 400 million acres. Um, that's, that's the land we want to get. That's the land that is going to transition ownership in the next 20 years. We need them young. Um, that's not really who we're talking about. 
So, um, so, but this is the transition that's happening across America. We have on our left here, this is the, the old farmer. The average age of American farmer is 60 years old. In ranching, it's worse. Um, entering farmers are cash-strapped. Retiring farmers are cash-strapped. The price of farmland's going up 14%. Um, we are in a situation of precarity. Every farm, every farm hinges on this relationship, on this handshake, on this transference of this legacy of stewardship and care. The knowledge, the tool shop, the barns. It's a major, it's a major pivot point. It's a major interface for change as well. Sometimes the old guys do it different um, than the young guys. Uh, this is our friend Asa. Um, one thing you should know about young farmers is, uh, you know, and FarmHack is a great place to learn about it, very thrifty. Some could say dumpster-minded. Uh, <laughs> this is actually a recruitment poster for the Marines being repurposed to shelter piglets. <laughs> Um, uh, Asa is friends uh, in my town, and he's great. He's uh, raising beef, lamb, pork, a butcher shop. Um, I'm, I know him because I organize these events. <laughs> um, so our so our response when Monsanto funds at four million, and John Deere and Dow Chemical and all of these agrochemical companies who are spraying 240 million pounds of glyphosate on our land every year. Our retort is, well, we gotta make it a lot sexier. <laughs> so the uh, conventional youth organizations in agriculture are unfortunately um, kept. Um, so again, we are the jewel in the toad. And you can watch the video online if you want. Um, so here's Doug. Doug is also farming our land. He's farming land on prison land in New York State. He's farming land on prisons with prisoners. Um, he's farming land owned by the municipalities. He has, I think, eight gardens, and most of the food that he grows is going straight to the food bank. So he's actually a contract, contract farmer to the food bank. So that's his land, that's his land story. That's Adam and Paula. They just got married. Um, they, were our first, they were our first Kiva Zip loan, 0% interest loans for anyone who's in the young farmer category, 0% interest loans. Thank you to the Medici's of PayPal. We have a, a wonderful moment uh, to capture crowdsource funding to support our capitalization needs, AKA buying mama pigs. And they let us shift the rules a little bit, so now you have enough time for those pigs to make piglets before you start paying back. Um, Adam and Paula, their land access story is complicated by the fact that this technology boom you guys are so proud about um, has created a real addictive problem with grapes being planted everywhere and every land that could possibly have grapes being just like grapes. Um, <laughs> So they are farming on leased land in Mendocino County. They are grazing sheep under the grapes. 
and they are in between making compost for the vineyards, growing gardens, pigs, again, people, people really eat a lot of pork, um, pork sausage. And they, uh, you could say they're successful. The land that they are now managing is over 200 acres, um, starting off of a half acre garden, work by hand without machines. Um, she got a degree in uh, wildlife economics at Stanford. And he had a, had a different horticultural background. Um, so thank goodness that a whole sector has arisen to support this movement of young entrepreneurs on the land. From cap capital access to training, business skills, skills acquisition in terms of pastured poultry, voltage, tractor repair. You know, what does it take to build a small business in America? A lot. And what does it take to build a small business where you're selling stuff for $2 a pound? A lot more. And um, so that's kind of the, the precarity and the ballsiness that is expressed by this movement of young people uh, is testimony to how crazy the toad's brain it must be. Because um, it's, it's definitely hard, hard. If you're, again, if you're a young farmer and you're thinking, or you have a person in your family who might be thinking, or you know somebody who has land who's looking for a young farmer who's thinking, I really urge you to be serious and to do your homework and to find this uh, service provider community who can support these land transition and support these young people. Um, so Asa is married to Courtney. They got married in order to get a loan from the government <laughs> um, to buy their farmhouse um, in the Adirondacks, where we have in the last nine years, we have 13 new farms um, in, a, a, yeah. And also our summer is about 20 minutes long, so <laughs> uh, land is pretty cheap. Um, so Courtney and Asa, I told you about, she's the butcher in the family. And um, these are their, they look like Devons, but they're not. We can talk about that later. <laughs> um, this is Grant Schultz. He's got a partnership with a couple who had a, another life in another business and had their savings organized. Instead of building a bunker, they built a relationship. This guy, Grant, is an incredible mechanic. He is doing something called restoration agroforestry. Have you heard about this? So in the middle of Iowa, which is the land of the laser beam and the glyphosate, he's planting thousands, tens of thousands of trees. Acorns, chestnuts, hazelnuts, fruit-bearing trees. And then he has this cool French, um, it's like a hay tedder. And he uses that to make the mulch. So he, he mows in between, and then he uses the grass hay to mulch the trees behind him. He's a major contributor to Farm Hack. He's single. <laughs> Here, you can see the, um, sorry, so distracting. This is a GPS. This is um, using keyline technology to put his trees to fit the hydrology, to fit the landscape, to fit the, you know, curves of mama. 
So here's more peeps. Um, on the top left, he's farming four abandoned lots in Detroit with his wife. Which is complicated, getting the city, um, you know, Detroit went bankrupt, it's incredibly corrupt. There's massive land grabbing going on, so um, it's a major paperwork hassle and challenge, and you have to be a ninja nut to get them to give you the land in Detroit. Um, he, started, he started on nothing but a handshake. Um, now he's up to 400 CSA shares, 13 restaurants. He goes every every winter to Costa Rica and comes back brown as a berry. Um, she's farming on land at the University of Kentucky. Uh, this is Tiffany. Um, University of Kentucky needs to be uh, <clears throat> reminded not to sell that land as they've sold almost all of the land that they own. It's now a strip mall. Um, this character here, again, uh, started on a handshake to build a, a grocery store in an old barn. That's Sheep's Got. Sheep's got general store, they sell all main locally grown product, soup and salad every day, that's it. And um, this is central Maine. I mean, this is like not a lot of people. And you go in there and there's like 10 people all the time. Um, it's kind of amazing. I mean, in a rural place, you guys are all bay, bay mice. But, you know, once you get out of the, once you get out of the city, you're really happy to have someone to rub elbows with and citrus, tree fruits. So this is the context of this, of this movement, and this is the meta-economy in which we live, the economy of life. So we're all very familiar with value and dollars and businesses and everything like that. But this is not a conversation, really, ultimately, about that kind of value. Our land is our only wealth. 40% of the terrestrial surface of the land of this planet, of the dirt part, not this ocean part, um, is farmed or ranched. So that means all the commodity production, all the agro-export, all the ethanol, all the community farming, all the Via Campesina ladies, that's all on the 40%. So that's what we have to deal with. It's not insignificant as an opportunity. Um, Sometimes from the highway, it's hard to see it. Like there's a lot of clutter along the highway. So I hope that I can help encourage you to look beyond what's visible and to find the relationships and to find the avenues and to find the dirt roads and the wiggly fence with the wire and meet the people who are back there making serious progress. Um, just a little survey of the zone. You guys get so up in your buzzy about Bay Area. Can I make a point? Minnesota. And Wisconsin, which is the headquarters of Organic Valley. And over there. Um, yeah, and a lot of that has, again, to do with the topography and the lineage of family-owned farming, of the populist movement, um, of a generation of people who committed to a place. Um, also, there's these nice hills that separate the fields and keep it at a scale 
that's manageable for a new entry. Um, and then this is our conservative estimate, and I don't mean any offense to Texas. Um, but the, the area that's being sprayed with glyphosate, including the wheat, the sorghum, the specialty crops, is actually more like 260 million acres. Um, according to uh, Center for Food Safety, Monarch Watch, I vetted my sources. So Texas may want to secede. Maybe we could secede from this. Um, so we talked about that 400 million acres. That's 400 million acres that's going to change hands as those 60-year-old farmers are retiring. So it's just a, it's a demographic issue. It's an inflection in management. It's a huge opportunity to shift from one kind of farming to another kind of farming, to re-diversify, to build infrastructure for a regional food economy. Uh, it just so happens that's also the same amount of land as Louisiana Purchase. I wish to get my Jefferson out. Um, when Jefferson made this Louisiana Purchase, he said, with this land we will have ample provision for our posterity and a widespread field for the blessings of freedom. Well, for some people, uh, that land, and my great-great-grandmother was one of them out in her buggy racing off to claim this commons, to claim this wild, empty space, um, and to build an agrarian democracy on it. Um, chased very quickly behind them was the industrial economy, the railroad. Um, and of course, they chased out the buffalo and the people who land that was, and who had a very different understanding about ownership. Um, my little thingy won't make gif. It goes gifing. <laughs> this is an animation online. Um, it, shows, it basically just shows you the evaporation of land rights for indigenous people. So we have these two histories. On the one hand, our great enlightenment theory around autonomy and citizenship and justice and equality, um, and on the other hand, expropriation, concentration, um, dispossession, land loss, land loss. So these are the dudes who went out and wildcatted. They kind of have a similar style to <laughs> a lot of us out there now. And, you know, they were the luckier ones. They would have the equivalent opportunity to, like, keep a zip. They had relatives back home. They had very hardworking wives. Um, they're, part of the, they're part of the lineage. They're the ancestors. They're the, the elders as well. 70% of the farm work in this country is done by people who don't have citizenship today, 70%. For 50 years, the biggest export from America, the biggest export from our new nation to build the wealth of the northern banks, the same banks that you may have bailed out actually yourself, that was built from the wealth of the bodies who were stolen, one million slaves in the cotton economy. One million slaves stolen 
all the land stolen to make that beautiful white cotton to feed the factories. Of course, the English, you know, the English farmers were also, well, we go, we go the, the, the colonial chain is long, but. Now you have an entering generation, even those of us with nice degrees. With our nice degrees, we have $1.2 trillion of educational debt, according to Elizabeth Warren, the president. Add the new cost from nice land for farmland, average farmland cost in America, $4,100 an acre. You could buy all that nice area there, just with our debt. It's a lot. I mean, I don't think I would want North Dakota right now. Um, again, for those of you who are thinking about the logistics of this, the transfer between this, this old guy who's great and this new one who we're not sure about yet, Come check out our table. Um, an introduction to a land reform concept. Has anyone heard of land reform? <laughs> let's, good, let's all learn about land reform. Um, pretty much everyone I know is really up into it right now. And there's a lot of it to study. So at the end of that civil war, Sherman, who had made a long march across Georgia, he burned everything in his way. Um, he ended up back up there in Charles in Savannah, no, in Charleston, um, and he he was followed by thirteen thousand people, who had no homes and who were now out of a slave economy. And what were they going to do next? So he assigned this land here. He assigned this land, forty acres and a mule, to those people who were following, who were made landless and homeless um, by the war. Um, he died, and that um, gift was revoked. There are many um, other movements to look into. Um, there's a wonderful movement in India called the Bhutan Movement. It's done by a Gandhian econ economist. I, I, I urge you to look into it. So just to, again, talk about the concentration of power and wealth, that was the like Plantation Alley. Um, Plantation Alley is now here in San Francisco or whatever, Silicon Valley. And if you were going to divide the amount of land that would be represented, the territorial expression of the concentration of power in this country, basically the bottom 40% would have El Paso, Texas. Okay, so here we are. It's a new situation. We came as a poor people. This is from our wonderful symposium that we had all online for more learning. We came as a poor people to a seemingly empty land, rich in resources. And based on that perception, poor people, empty land, we built our political, economic, educational institutions. We need to change our institutions. We need to change how we think about land. So again, I bring up this history because that long chain of inflections, every transfer of owner, the long lineage of stewardship and care of this land, the temporary boom in land prices, 
the low, low price that we're paying for labor, the low, low price that we're paying for food, is unreasonable. It's crazy. There have been times like this before. Utah Phillips says, the long memory is the most radical idea in America. Um, for those of you who don't know about the Grange movement, I urge you to look into it. That was the movement that almost got us a third party. Almost. Um, that was a movement that was born as these farmers in this agrarian 19th century economy were rolled over by the railroad, rolled over by speculation and corporate interests, bonanza farming, land grabbing, the Monsanto of their time. And what do you know, the Grange of today is organizing against Monsanto. Moms across America, GMO labeling in California, in Washington, in Oregon, in Connecticut. A lot of that work is happening in this logical local venue called a Grange Hall. Um, this is a Grange Hall in Machias, Maine, which won the State Preservation Award. Um, and that award was given to a group of Mali anarchists who make art against globalization. So things don't change, you know. These are all, these little dots, this is New York State. Each little dot is a cooperative, a Grange cooperative, providing services to farmers. So a different way of thinking about land, a different institution. This institution called the Commons. We know about the Creative Commons online. Those of us who've been staring at the internet since sixth grade are very familiar with Craigslist. <laughs> um, there are other commons. There are most cultures who manage to survive traded land, governed land, managed land as a commons. How do we do that? Well, we already do that. Um, we have 400 million acres, again, interesting coincidence, of state land, of federal land. That land is being mined, is being logged, is being grazed uh, pretty poorly in most cases. So our commons right now is being managed, but it's being managed and degraded and mined. Um, what would it look like to have a commons of permanent organic farmland? Um, this isn't my idea, this is Thomas Paine's idea. But um, we're going to work on, we're going to make a modern version. Um, and interestingly enough, they've already done it in France. You know, we get so American-oriented, but CSA came from Japan. That's a very appropriate truce between stakeholders. If we're going to make a truce between generations, maybe we can look um, to a solidarity economy that is pretty strong. In France now, they have a 6,000-acre commons, or permanently affordable, permanently organic, farmland. It's worth more than 53 million euros. There's more than 20,000 investors. And uh, I think we need one here. So that's our plan. You can see they're dotted all, in, all over the countryside. Um, the project is called Terre de Lien, which means connection to the earth. And um, we're in the process of building one now. It's called the Agrarian Trust. We hope that you will, in the ways that you can, your cousin, your grandmother, 
you're the soccer friend of your young friend. <laughs> I know there's someone there who wants to stick their fingers in the planet. And I know there's someone there who owns some farmland. And we need you to be the glue. We need you the, to not leave them alone in that transition, to facilitate, to throw a cocktail party if that's what you do, you know, to mentor, to coach, to help them with their language, to help them with their lease, to help them with their business plan, to help them with their branding, their website. We really need it to be a team effort if we're going to make it. So come see us later. If you're in the mood for young farmers, it's not going to stop. Um, Bye-bye, everyone. <laughs>